Hi everyone, I know we've kept you waiting a little longer than usual, but our podcast is finally back. In this episode, I talk with Yevgeny Fix, the artist behind our Mother Tongue exhibition. The Mother Tongue project reflects Yevgeny's broader post-Soviet concerns, and more specifically, it deals with often underrepresented and repressed topics of Soviet history. In the second part of this podcast, Zhenya takes us around the house for an exclusive guide to the exhibition. I'm so excited to share our conversation. From the heart of Bloomsbury, welcome to the Pushkin House podcast. The exhibition is about uh, Soviet-era gay and lesbian defense language. Uh, or, you know, coded language that, uh, uh, you know, Soviet-era queers would use uh, to, to avoid being noticed or uh, in order not to attract much attention to themselves. So it defends language and uh, many cultures, many languages have this kind of def- queer defense speak. And yes, I picked uh, uh, kind of Soviet-style uh, delivery mm-hmm. of, of this content. So I have a actress delivering a lesson in in the, the proper use of uh, of uh, um, Russian gay slang presenting it very um, uh, scholarly I guess as a legitimate uh, college or high school subject uh, so and uh, you, you're absolutely right it's, it's done for the for that effect of uh, um, contradiction uh, contradiction between uh, the con- kind of a conservative or, or old-fashioned way to teach and and the impossible content, right? The the, the unimaginable subject, right? Gay Russian language. What is this? Страшный, отрицательный, негативный. Страшный, как 41 год. Страшнее атомной войны, страшнее гражданской войны, страшнее Хиросимы, страшнее чилийских событий и так далее. I, I didn't think, I mean, I uh, find that you mentioned that it, uh, the, the examples uh, uh, kind of anti-Western maybe, I mean, they're Soviet, right? So she teaches, she teaches, we're assuming that she teaches a, this impossible high school or college class in the 80s or 70s, and she gives the examples that, that uh, the audience would, could relate to, right? And maybe the, Chile, the Chilean... Uh, uh, cool news on, on TV, so she uses it to explain it, and and of course you know the Hiroshima or uh, all the reference to the Second World mm-hmm. War are so ingrained in Soviet conscience, so, so so students can can understand what she really means. But I uh, I don't necessarily I didn't necessarily plan this project to be to be uh, very humorous or ironic, but it did turn out to be a bit uh, humorous. A portion, I imagine, of visitors to this exhibition uh, would not have experienced the Soviet-style system of education. Do you draw on any of your personal experiences of being schooled? Yes. Well, I, so I was born in 72, so I, I entered um, Soviet um, school, uh, elementary school, in 79, so I was born in Moscow, so I went to elementary school, middle school, high school, all in, in Moscow. So it was a regular, re- regular uh, general education school. Uh, my experience uh, as an elementary school student or middle school student is very much Soviet. I mean, I don't know any uh, 
any other uh, I don't have any other experience. This whole exhibition, I suppose, correct me if I'm wrong, comes packaged with with the publication. Maybe tell us a little bit more of what, what's inside it and, and how it comes together as one piece. So it's a conceptual art project, the whole project, and the book is also a conceptual art project, uh, conceptual art object um, that disguises itself as a uh, scientific or scholarly book. Mm -hmm. So it starts with an introduction, kind of linguistic introduction into the Soviet era gay slang, where I define its grammar, uh, give examples of its vocabulary, the alphabet of the of the Russian gay language. In this book, it's it's called the thematic language or themed language, um, and uh, and the the alphabet, by the way, is exactly the same as the alphabet of the standard Russian language. Mm -hmm. But the whole idea of the book is trying to kind of show the thematic language, the themed language, the, the gay and lesbian Russian language of, so, of the Soviet era in particular, uh, in particular as a distinct and self-sufficient language that is separate from the standard Russian. Remotnik Andrei отремонтировал Берту, Шульженку, Большую Ольгу, Кристалинскую. Ремонтник Сергей отремонтировал черную моль, фиру, портниху, москвичку. Ремонтник Олег отремонтировал стюардессу, тетю Шуру, поповну, огненную рубашку. Ремонтник Петр отремонтировал норму, мурзика, мордюкову, колбасницу. The book contains poetry, or I would say conceptual poetry, or literary works. Um, Mostly two thirds of the of the last part of the book are exactly that. Exactly, exactly, and uh, and uh, those literary works or this conceptual poetry is when I actually try to create um, using the Russian uh, Russian Soviet era gay slang, using it as a, a high culture language, as a language that fit for. Uh, cultural, high cultural production, uh, creation uh, of, uh, that is fit for creating literature, written uh, li written literature in, uh, in that language. And so, in that, I'm actually quite proud <laughs> proud of this part of the book because because I think uh, because that's how this project actually becomes uh, an artistic project rather than a research uh, historical project, right? So, I'm taking the Russian. Uh, Russian Soviet era gay slang, which is no longer used because uh, times uh, have changed, but I'm using it to make things, to create literature in that language as if uh, it were, uh, you know, one of the extinct languages of the past, as people used to write poetry in Latin or in Hebrew, you know, in 19th century before. Did you know that Becoming a Friend or Muse of Pushkin House by the 31st of March this year gets you complimentary tickets to all Mother Tongue season events? As an independent charity, your support means we can continue delivering the programming you love. So find out more and sign up online at pushkinhouse.org forward slash friends. We're in the main room of Pushkin House, um, the main part of the exhibition. So Genia, you feel free to walk us around. 
and let us know anything in particular. Sure, sure. Well, I guess the main part of the of of this installation is the alphabet, um, Soviet era uh, gay and lesbian uh, alphabet, and um, so so you have your uh, standard thirty three letters, and uh, so each each uses. Um, so I'm using a particular noun to define each of the letters. Um, so that's the alphabet. Then we have some um, grammar charts, uh, posters. Uh, so we have uh, you have adjectives. You have declension of nouns um, and so on. Parts of speech, verbs, mm, so things that you would see in a classroom, right? Yes. If uh, if uh, uh, Soviet era gay language had been part of a, of a school curriculum of some utopian or dystopian, I don't know, school, then uh, then uh, you would, uh, would you would have that, you know these uh, you know, charts. A very detailed breakdown. Right, right, right. Um, I can't help but notice the blackboard, and that just directly links with with what you were saying. That the school feel exactly, exactly. Uh, so it's supposed to be a classroom. And also, as soon as you enter the the, the main room of Pushkin House, you're greeted by uh, two sets of photographs. Can you just talk to us a little bit more? Right, right. So the photographs are, is, um, so it's my earlier project. So mm -hmm. I took these photographs in 2008 in Moscow, and it, it was for a project called Moscow, and it, uh, it also came out as a book a few years later. Um, so the, the photographs document um, gay cruising sites in Moscow, specifically gay male sites in Moscow of the Soviet era and it spans from 1920s until 1980s. So basically all of the Soviet experience. And I'm giving, um, so for captions I'm giving also the dates, right, when a particular site was fun functioning uh, as a gay cruising site. So for example here we see uh, public toilets on Gogol Boulevard, that's the 1930s. Right. How did you, how did you come across the knowledge? How did you gain yes. this understanding? Yes, well, well so, um, uh, so especially for, the, uh, for, uh, so for, for sites that were active in the 70s, um, let's say 70s, 80s, 60s, uh, so I, I chatted with some older, older generation gay men from, uh, from Moscow, or, or, uh, who, who, who remembered um, some of the sites, let's say, of early 90s or late 80s, uh, I knew personally, and then sites from a long time ago, mm -hmm. as the 1930s, for example. Uh, so they came from historical research, and not, uh, not done by me, but uh, done by historians. Uh, and just to uh, clarify to uh, our listeners who may not know what a, a cruising site is, it's, it's essentially a place for meeting a, a, a partner. So, yeah, so it's, um, so in the Moscow context, or Soviet context, I guess, I guess a cruising site in Moscow was different from a cruising site, let's say, in the West, let's mm -hmm. say, in London, right? So, because, uh, 
Uh, so in London, you had, let's say, cruising sites where people would, would uh, find a partner you know, pick, uh, to pick some, someone up. Uh, but, uh, but you would also have, let's say, bars or, or uh, coffee shops where gay people could also meet. Uh, but in, in, in the Soviet Union, there were, there were no gay bars, mm -hmm. right? So, so, so a gay cruising site in Moscow, it was a place for a pickup, but it was also functioning as a type of outdoor meeting place or, 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 or coffee, uh, outdoor coffee shop or outdoor bar, right? Exa exactly. So, so it was, I would say it's more, it was more social, uh, a little bit less maybe sexually charged as, uh, as you would think uh, mm -hmm. of, of a cruising site in the Western context. I have to ask you uh, a cheeky question. <laughs> Do you have a favorite word here? Let me see. Well, I, I, I like a lot, you know, the ones that have a very clear Soviet reference. So, for, 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 for example, uh, Agentessa or um, uh, Agentess, um, a female agent, right? Mm -hmm. As, uh, uh, so it could be used for a gay lesbian who informs mm -hmm. on, on, let's say, other other gays and lesbians Very because, relevant, because, because of course it was all you know people were afraid and the police were trying to keep it under under control and uh, so so it has a very strong I think so, Soviet reference I mean also I think also the uh, repair or, or, or remont uh, you know beating robbery it's, it's, it's also very charged very Soviet very charged uh, um, kind of uh, uh, basically it, st it stands for gay bashing right and uh, yeah there will be there will be certain words that 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 visitors might see like Mensheviks and, and straight away yes. have a historical yeah. reference exactly, point and exactly. then see it in a totally different <clears throat> yes context. well yes because I mean this um, I mean Soviet gay culture is very much part of a larger Soviet culture right so all the references that mainstream Soviet culture had were queered and, re and used differently in, in the Soviet gay speech, right? So, um, yeah, so you can see uh, that all those uh, Soviet references, you see to what extent Soviet era gay culture was part of, a, of general Soviet culture, that these were, not, that these were Soviet people, that their thinking and references were very, very clearly not foreign. Well, it's, it's beautiful and striking and, and very well packaged together. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Pushkin House podcast. I'm Evgeny Fix, and my exhibition, Mother Tongue, Radnai Rich, is currently on view at the Pushkin House. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast.